It's that time of the year when people everywhere are doing things like planning holidays and maybe also planning summer reading lists. And in 2022, whether you're jet-setting or planning a staycation summer read, there's a new book just out in Australia to put on your intellectual itinerary. It's called Tourists, How the British Went Abroad to Find Themselves. And author Lucy Lethbridge is here to tell us what she found about what they found. Lucy Lethbridge, welcome to Sunday Extra. Thank you, Julian. Uh, Well, I think what I found in the end when I had uh, finished all the vast research I did for this book was that built into holidays is the idea of disappointment. Uh, We never never find what we think we're going to find. Uh, The view is never quite what we hope it is going to be. The clouds roll in. The sunset doesn't quite do the job. Um, the food isn't quite up to scratch. There's a strange sense of expectation, which I think has grown over the years. I covered the years 1815 to about 1970. But I think um, that that sense in which we 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 flood on holiday with these uh, with this idea that holiday is going to renew us and therefore uh, very often a disappointment. Does that conclusion from your very rigorous research resonate with your personal travel experiences? Well, a little bit. Yes, I think it does. I think it does. I think that the the sense of coming home is one of the biggest holiday experiences that there is. (laughs) And and people come home with all sorts of different emotions. But I think um, that the holiday has to be a circle. It has to return you home. And I think sometimes we come home with a different, a slightly different view of home. There is a sense in which the feeling of the holiday is is like a bubble. Lucy, you mentioned the period that you decided to focus on, basically from the uh, early 19th century through to the 1970s. Why are those the sort of markers that you went for? Well, I started in 1815 very specifically because that's the year of the Battle of Waterloo which ended the Napoleonic Wars. And the Napoleonic Wars had gone on for 25 years. And during that time, the British hadn't been able to go to the continent. So in 1815, you know, the, the, the bridge was suddenly open again and people were able to go over the channel. And, um, and this was a new kind of England. Uh, this is the beginning of the sort of 19th century industrial revolution you have a new middle class, you have a new mercantile middle class, um, the age of the 18th century aristocrat travelling abroad was over. And um, it is the beginning of the new idea of a holiday for the working man uh, and the working family, I should say. And I went up to the eight, uh, to the 1970s because over that span of time, you see the whole idea of leisure, holidays, travelling abroad completely change. Um, and by the 1970s, we have completely settled into this idea of the hermetically sealed beach resort, which would, of course, have been unthinkable for the, someone in 1815 who would never even have wanted to go to the beach. So over that period, uh, social changes are reflected in holiday choices. And so you get the beginnings of the seeking for the sun, uh, holidays for health. Um, the the, um, the way in which the Industrial Revolution feeds an enormous industry in things like souvenirs, uh, in holiday equipment, and of course in, in technology, in trains, steam packets, then aeroplanes, um, 
you know, hovercrafts. Mm. I mean, they they are endless. The the holiday, the idea of the holiday, which seems like a break from work, is in fact actually a reflection of everything contemporary, and still is. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Lucy Lethbridge about her book, Tourists, How the British Went Abroad to Find Themselves. And Lucy, there are so many fascinating figures in your book. One of them who really stood out to me was Albert Smith, uh, who climbed Mont Blanc, the highest mountain in the Alps, and then made a show about it in the UK. Could you tell us a little bit about him and what the impact of Albert Smith was on tourism more broadly? Well, Albert Smith is a fascinating character. I mean, he was dead by the age of 44, but he packed more into his life than most people pack into, you know, uh, twice that, that many years. Um, he was a, a, a journalist and a writer and a traveller, but he was also primarily a showman. And what he did was to go off on his travels and he would then come back and create these extraordinary shows, which are most of all similar to, I think, probably the experience of an IMAX now. Um, they were immersive. He had music, he had uh, props. He rebuilt an entire chalet, for example, uh, from an alpine chalet on the stage of the of the theatre in Piccadilly, where he did all this. Um, uh, and he had real St. Bernard dogs roaming down the aisles, uh, serving, you know, real hot chocolate. Um, so people would get this kind of, uh, immersive alpine experience and then he would tell his story from the stage um i mean nowadays we would think it was rather tame i think but <laughs> then um it was as i say a sort of uh extraordinary imax experience and he was the person i think who to the horror of many um packaged the idea of abroad he called it the alps in a box <laughs> and i think that that has um in a sense, left us with this idea of places being encapsulated by a single image. You know, uh, it leads to printed luggage labels with a single pyramid on. So we know exactly where that is. Or two palm trees and uh, the arc of a bay. That descends from the idea of the Alps in a box, of the Albert Smith experience. And as you say, these experiences are very much dictated by the available technology at the time and the forms of communication and manufacture as well. These days, planning a holiday can involve checking things out on Google Maps, maybe looking at tourist TikTok or something like that. But back in the day, it was all about print and guidebooks in particular. Lucy, where did the guidebook come from? The guidebook as we know it, uh, which is the which is really the progenitor of the sort of online experience you get when you look up something, which is uh, sort of lists of information and um, a little bit of culture, a bit on hotels, a few useful restaurants, that kind of thing, really comes in exactly this time, the 1815 period, when Mrs. Mariana Stark, who was a, a middle-aged woman who'd been living in Italy, uh, she wrote to John Murray, who was a publisher in London, and said... Uh, everyone's coming over to the continent. I want to write a guide for them. And so she did. She wrote something called Directions for Travellers on the Continent, which ran into numerous editions and is really the model for all guides ever since for the, for the next, you know, 200 years. She's the person who puts, uh, she puts exclamation marks next to cultural experiences. Hmm. So, um, 
so she might give one, two or three or a good in might have one exclamation mark or two, you know, or if it's a very good one, it'll have three, um, which is exactly, of course, the way that we rank now. It's a, um, And she also used people's feedback in a kind of TripAdvisor sort of way. So people would write to her and she would include their feedback with their names. Say, you know, Mrs. Jones has written to say that, that she didn't have clean sheets at that um, in in Trieste. And all this has become, as I say, the model for guidebooks ever since. Lucy, you write about what you call the preserving but destructive drive of tourism. Could you explain that a little bit more for us? Well, I think tourism kills the thing it seeks. I think, you know, tourism preserves places as people want them to be, which is almost always in the past. I mean, I think one of the other drives about tourism, which I found very interesting, that the idea of the holiday is a reaction against industrialization and urbanization. I mean, in the 18th century, you wouldn't have gone to seek pastoral life in quite the same way that you did in the 19th century. Um, Because I think since the period of 1815, uh, we live uh, increasingly in big cities with a kind of standardization of experience, cities that look increasingly the same. And so what that we're looking for is something that recaptures for us this pastoral life that we have lost. So we we preserve it in order that we can look at it. And that, of course, kills it too. It is the paradox of tourism that what we love, we kill. Um, but I don't know how one ever resolves that because for many places, if we didn't visit them, Um, they would die a different kind of death. They would die the death of decline. And just finally, Lucy, you mentioned that uh, the whole point of tourism is coming home with something. And I did wonder whether there's anywhere that you could buy a copy of your book that comes with a complimentary snow globe or something like that. But could you give us your take on trinkets and souvenirs? Oh, I love this. This was fascinating to me. And of course, again, this rides is, is totally a product of new industries of factories, the making of little miniature knickknacks that roll off these conveyor belts, uh, little miniature Eiffel Towers, little tiny snow globes. The snow globe was fascinating. It took me months and months and months to discover the origins of the snow globe. And I found there was one person who'd written a PhD about it. So I tracked it down. And it it was created by a man in Vienna who was a a creator of lighting for um, surgical theatres. And he was looking at some way in which he could refract light, I think, through glass. And he put semolina into a glass globe so that he could create a sort of broken light experience. And then somehow, in one of those remarkable moments of imaginative inspiration, he suddenly thought he'd put a little model of a cathedral in there and see what, <laughs> what it looked like. So he did this and he shook it and the semolina looked like snow. And he was, as a million, million people have been ever since, completely enchanted by this idea. And, and, and so the snow globe was born. Absolutely fascinating. Lucy, it's a really uh, compelling intellectual itinerary of the mind. Thank you so much for joining us on Radio National. I'm delighted, Julian. That's Lucy Lethbridge, author of Tourists, How the British Went Abroad to Find Themselves, out now in Australia. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations, live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.